Welcome to Talks with T-Time, the podcast. I am your host, Tony T-Time West. And on this podcast, we talk sports, we talk real life events, and man, honestly, we just have fun. Listen, for the next 45 minutes to an hour, I need you to sit back, relax, grab a drink, do whatever you got to do, and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Talks with T-Time, the podcast. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, back on another episode of Talks with T-Time, the freaking podcast. Episode one of season five of the podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow us at AO underscore T-Time now on the socials. Also, as well, follow us at Talks with T-Time, the podcast on Twitter, and Talks with T-Time podcast on IG as well, man. What is going on, y'all? It's been a minute, man. Appreciate y'all love and support during this time off. Y'all know I do my annual, you know, taking a month off right before my birthday out of social media, off the podcast, off of everything, just to reflect, man, and keep myself you know, just in the right mental state, health, uh, you know, in the right mental health space, man. So, appreciate you guys' love and support, but, man, it feels so good to be back doing what I love to do, man. Um, also, as well, if you haven't already, if you're into YouTube, go check me out over there at YouTube, man. Link is in all the bios for my, um, you know, podcast page. Also, as well, on my regular page at AO underscore T-Time now. So, go check that out as well, man. Appreciate y'all guys' love and support, man. Oh, man, I miss y'all so much. I'm so glad to be back doing podcasts again. I was hungry to get back this month, man, and and I'm excited, man. We got so much good, positive stuff going on right now. We're just going to continue to keep that going. I'm ready to take this podcast to the next level. We're in season five now, you guys. We've been doing this now for coming up in a month, I think almost to the date. We're going to be been doing this for two years now. Uh, So shout out to y'all for just rocking with me here five seasons in. And we're still doing it, man. We're still doing it. So I appreciate you guys' love and support. So I want to talk about a lot tonight. Obviously, the majority of this podcast tonight, no special guest on tonight. I was going to do a special guest. But you know what? I said, you know, this is my first day back. Let's just have some fun with just me. And then maybe next week we'll bring somebody in. Um, Also, as well, I want to talk about, you know, this whole Deshaun Deshaun Watson fiasco that's going on in Houston right now. We'll talk about that a little bit. Also, as well, we'll talk about um, the um, just the NFL free agencies, big signings. We'll talk about that stuff starting off here. Then we'll talk about college basketball for probably the majority of the night, um, probably for about 15 to 20 minutes. We'll talk college basketball. Yes, I have actually been keeping up with college basketball here as of late um, because I haven't had any social media. So that's basically all I've been watching, really. Um, and also as well, we'll talk a little bit of NBA as well. So let's go ahead and jump into NFL free agency first. Actually, no, let's talk about the Deshaun Watson thing first. Let's talk about that. So, um, and like I said, it's very early in the, you know, settlement cases and stuff like that. And I don't, you know, for, before I even say anything, I do want to say these individuals and these masseuse therapists, their complaints matter. There, if they have been assaulted, 
Deshaun Watson should have to pay for that. You know what I'm saying? But we'll talk about that in a minute. We'll get to all that in a minute. So basically, this is what's going on right now. There is a third civil lawsuit that has been filed for Deshaun Watson. Um, a Houston attorney by the name of Tony Buzzy on Wednesday night, he appeared basically in front of the Harris County District Clerk um, and basically spoke about, you know, the allegations that he has against Deshaun Watson. Um, basically, from what I've heard here, Richard basically said that three people have came forward about being assaulted by Deshaun Watson's behavior with masseuse therapists. Apparently, one was, you know, asked to put some oil somewhere in a not place I want to talk about here on the podcast. And apparently, another one was stated that she was supposed she he wanted her to do some oral acts to his body. Um, from what we know of, and that's the three that are out right now. Um, let's talk about this a little bit. Deshaun Watson has already came out and talked about, you know, what's going on. He's a, a very aware of what's going on. And, um, I actually want to pull up exactly what Deshaun Watson said, um, during this whole thing, because like I said, uh, he has been vocal about it. He's not shying away from it, which normally is a pretty good sign if, the person is not shying away from it, but because a lot of times you'll see people get quiet and they'll shy away from it. But I do want to bring up exactly what Deshaun Watson said here. Um, basically, and this was on um, Tuesday when this stuff started, well, on Wednesday, really, when this stuff started leaking out about Deshaun Watson in, in the middle of his whole trade controversy and things such as that. This is what he said. He said, as a result of social media posts by a public uh, publicity-seeking plaintiff lawyer, I recently became aware of a lawsuit that I apparently that has apparently been filed against me. I have not seen the complaint yet, but I know this. I have never treated any woman with any other anything other than the utmost respect. The plaintiff's lawyer claims that this isn't about money, but before filing the suit, he made a baseless six-figure settlement demand which I quickly rejected. Unlike him, this isn't about money for me. It's about clearing my name, and I look forward into doing that. So that's was Deshaun Watson's uh, basically posted on um, Wednesday when all this stuff was breaking out. Um, me personally, you know, once again, this is a very, this is a very sensitive subject. So I don't want to come on here and bash these women because that's a lot of reasons why women are not coming forward now because they're going to feel like they're getting bashed. So I understand that and I want to make sure that I'm not coming on here bashing them because that's not what I want to do at all. Okay, now let's get to the meat of the bones here. I, I'm not, I don't want to come on and say Deshaun hasn't did it, Deshaun has did it. We're not doing that because we don't know. Um, like I said, I know Deshaun from what I know, he seems to be a high character guy, a great guy with a lot of great integrity. Um, from what I know and from what from what I've heard from people that actually know him, that have actually played on the same football team with him, they told me that he's a class act. Like, literally what he puts on in front of us is how he is in person. Now, those individuals also as well did tell me, Deshaun Watson is a maxter. You feel me? Like, they told me in college he was getting to it, but not in no, like, trying to rape somebody way. But, you know, basically, women, he didn't have to ask for, you know, those things that he asked for from masseuse, they were thrown at him, basically, um, from what I've heard, from people that actually know him. 
Um, to me, this is my thing, and I don't want to, once again, I don't want to judge these women or anything like that because they really could be, ha have been sexually assaulted. And if, they, if that's the case, Deshaun Watson has to pay for that, if that's the case. But my thing is this, for one, and this is no disrespect to anybody, and once again, if the people that hear this, we do need to hear out these women's allegations. We do. We can't just shut it down because we love Deshaun Watson. Hell, I love Deshaun Watson, but we cannot shut these allegations down just because if I'm going to have that same energy for Tory Lanez that I had when the whole Meg stuff is going on, I have to keep the same energy for Deshaun Watson. If these women are coming out saying, yo, he touched me inappropriately or tried to, they have to look into those allegations. My only thing is this. My only thing is this. If you were sexually assaulted or harmed, go to the cops. Go to the cops. Why are you filing a civil suit? File a criminal suit. He needs to go to jail if he did that. If he sexually assaulted you, you need to be going to call the police. Not call a lawyer and say, oh, how are we going to get some money out of this? What I'm praying and hoping is that this is fake. But I'm also praying and hoping kind of in a way that it's not fake because if it is, this is just going to be harder for women who are actually affected by this. So that's the thing that I'm concerned about at this point. So that's my thing about the Deshaun Watson situation. So yeah, that's how I feel about the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Like I said, I don't want to talk too much about that because we just don't know. We don't know right now. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's true, what's not true at this moment. So I really don't want to elaborate too much on what's going on right now. So I do want to jump into free agency, though. So let's jump into free agency. Let's talk about some stuff that's actually going on right now. And, man, it's been a kind of a crazy free agency. A lot of people have been cut. A lot of people have been picked up. Let's talk about some of the big free agent signings. Um, and we'll kind of work from, you know, the more recent free agent signings to what has taken place, you know, and some of the bigger names in free agency, obviously, we'll talk about that as well. But I definitely want to go over the free agency process and how everything's been going. Um, obviously, since the last time we talked, let's talk about Dak Prescott getting his big deal. Shout out to Dak getting signed, getting, you know, everything done with the Cowboys. I do kind of wonder what are they going to do um, Cap-wise, because you have Amari Cooper paid, Demarcus Lawrence paid, um, Ezekiel Elliott paid, now Dak Prescott paid. You still got to pay C.D. Lamb at some point, probably in three years. You got to pay also as well Michael Gallup next year if you want to keep him. And that defense still has a lot of holes on it, especially in the secondary. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. But – Let's go ahead and talk about some of the stuff that's going on right now. So, the latest big signing that I want to talk about, let's see here. It's, it's a lot of signings going on. Um, let's take a look and see who are some of the bigger signings that took place. I want to work from most recent all the way back to kind of the beginning of free agency. Because like I said, there's a lot of transactions going on at this moment. Okay. Let's see here. So... Basically, um, one thing I did want to note also as well before we talk about that is Patrick's, uh, Patrick Chung from the Patriots did actually decide to retire today, which was actually a little bit of a shocker to me. I really wasn't expecting that. 
But yeah, man, um, you know, kudos to him, a great career. And I at least want to start off with that as well. Patrick Peterson, um, you know, former quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, has now moved on to the Minneapolis, or Minnesota, excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings at this point. He's getting a deal of one year, $10 million. So shout out to Patrick P for getting that deal. Curtis Samuels is heading to Washington to team up with his former Ohio State roommate, apparently, um, in McLaren, Terry McLaren. He got a three-year, $34 million deal as well. Now, I am kind of a little bit kind of concerned on how that's going to work because he was with that regime in Carolina, and they didn't know how to use him. So it's going to be interesting to see him go back to, you know, Ron Rivera in that Carolina way and see if he can, you know, make things work in um, Washington. But I can tell you one thing. If Washington gets a quarterback, they are going to be a team to reckon with. Um, also as well, the Panthers added defensive uh, lineman and outside linebacker Hassan Reddick. Man, putting him together with Brian Burns. That's definitely going to be a nice little combo. And also as well, having Derrick Brown in the middle. And then behind him, they signed Denzel Pierman. Um, From what I've seen, according to PFF, take that how you want it. But um, according to PFF, basically, he was the 12th ranked middle linebacker last year in the NFL. So that's interesting. Um, Also as well, Marlon Mack signed a $2 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts for one year. The Raiders traded Rodney Hudson, one of their best uh, players really on their team, to the Cardinals for a swap in uh, draft picks there. So that was huge. I mean, Raiders have really kind of dismantled their O-line because I feel like last year in the last couple of years, they've had one of the best O-lines really in the game. So it's kind of interesting to see all that taking place as well. Um, also, I want to talk about A.J. Green leaving the Cincinnati Bengals and signing a one-year deal up to $8.5 million to the Arizona Cardinals. So now the Arizona Cardinals are putting this real veteran team around Kyler Murray. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see as well with him joining with AJ, uh, J.J. Watt and all of them. So that's another thing that we want to keep our eyes out on as well. Um, also as well, uh, we already know about Shaq Barrett, you know, taking his franchise tag and staying. Um, also as well, uh, the, you know, we want to talk about the Patriots. The Patriots did a lot in free agency. So let's go a little bit of what the Patriots did. The Patriots signed Cam Newton about a week and a half ago to a $14 million deal. Um, so that was huge for them. Also as well, they went and signed Hunter, uh, Hunter Henry, also as well from the tight end, the tight end from the Los Angeles Chargers. And then they also signed as well John o. Smith, which was the tight end for the um, Tennessee Titans. So signing them both to multi-year deals, um, that's interesting because that shows me that basically those two guys are going to be basically wide receiver one and wide receiver two, basically, at the tight end position. And especially for a guy like Cam, that actually works out pretty good um, because he's a guy that needs a security blanket. As you can see, he had his most success in Carolina when he had the two wide receiver sets when he first got to Carolina with Jeremy Shockey and Greg Olson. And then when Greg Olson really had three straight years of 1,000-yard seasons. Um, so I think that's going to work for the quarterback in the future. Who knows? A lot of people are saying they want to trade up and get the dude from North Dakota State. And um, what's my boy name? Trey Lance or Mac Jones, whoever they want to go with. But 
that's going to kind of work out in a good way if they do that. And now, I mean, lo and behold, the Patriots are looking kind of really good at this point, especially on the offensive side. Tight end was their problem. They definitely addressed that um, with all what they did. And also as well, even with wide receivers, they went and got Kendrick Bourne from the 49ers and also as well Nelson Aguilar from Las Vegas Raiders who had a, a really good season for the most part. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But Billy B, Billy B got in his bag, so we got to give him some credit. Uh, also as well, Jacoby Brissett is heading to South Beach uh, on a one-year deal. I guess he's going to back up, um, you know, to a tongue of a lower or maybe Deshaun Watson. We'll see. Um, also as well, talking about Deshaun Watson, Tyrod Taylor reached a one-year deal with the Houston Texans up to $12.5 million. So that's interesting, very interesting. I guess they're kind of getting him as a security blanket just in case Deshaun Watson decides to walk. Uh, the Bears have agreed to a one-year deal with Andy Dalton for $10 million. A lot of Bears fans were upset about this. And, I mean, I can't blame you, man. The Bears have had it rough um, at the quarterback position really forever. I mean, when Jay Cutler is, you know, a top, you know, 10 pick, I mean, top 10 quarterback you've ever had in your program, really top three, honestly, um, that's scary. Because Jay Cutler is literally like, what is he equivalent to now in today's time? Derek Carr, maybe? Like he's probably maybe a little bit better than Derek Carr. He's not, he's not all that. When he's in your top three quarterbacks of all time, that's a damn shame. Um, the Giants resigned Leonard Williams to a three-year, $63 million deal. So shout out to him. He gets to stay in New York. Um, obviously, we know Drew, Drew Brees retired. And now, really, it's up to... Jameis Winston, who signed a $12 million deal one year with Taysom Hill to compete for the starting job. So that's going to be interesting to see uh, with Drew Brees leaving. How are the Saints going to move forward? Um, let's see. Let's see if there's some other ones that I really want to reach on. I think we've covered most. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team um, on a $12 million deal one year. Uh, well, the deal can grow up to $12 million. It was really $10 million originally. And a lot of things took place, too, because of this pandemic. A lot of people's contracts got cut short. People got released because of this whole pandemic thing. So, yeah. Uh, Trey Hen Henderson. Hender oh, excuse me. Hendrickson. Um, he also, as well, is leaving the Saints. I think he led the Saints in sacks this year. Um, he had a $60 million deal, um, four years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, let me see, is there anybody? Oh, the Jets also picked up a three-year, $45 million contract uh, in Carl Lawson as well. And he's another guy that's been with the Bengals for a very long time. Um, so like I said, I'm still kind of looking over people that I'm trying to make sure I kind of announce the big ones that really were like, oh, my God, that's crazy. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I announce all of them. I think I basically announced all the big, big ones that we really want to see. Oh, oh, it was another one. The Chiefs, they signed uh, Joe Tooney for a five-year, $80 million deal, especially after dropping them two tackles. They just dropped Fisher, and they just dropped Mitchell Swartz. So they needed to pick up O-line desperately because you've seen what happened in that daggone, uh, that daggone Super Bowl. They needed O-line, and they needed it bad, and they addressed it. So... Shout out to them. So that's kind of 
The ones that I want to talk about, I don't think there's any at this moment that I'm really like, oh, yeah, we really, really need to talk about. But I do want to talk about, you know, who kind of won free agency so far. Um, I mean, obviously, the Patriots. I mean, it's, it's really not that hard to notice what they did. Um, the Patriots went out, and they really almost dang near addressed every problem that they had. Tight end was a problem. Oh, yeah, we addressed that. We got two of probably the top what you would say, 10 tight ends in the game right now? I would put them in the top. I would put Hunter Henry, especially when healthy. That's the main thing. I would put John O. Smith and also as well Hunter Henry in the top five tight ends right now in the game. I mean, top top 10, excuse me, tight ends in the game right now. I definitely would put them there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did a really good job. I also think as well the Arizona Cardinals had did a pretty good job with being able to go ahead and, and kind of address some needs that they have. It seems like they're getting older. They're they're kind of getting veteranized, a lot of veterans coming in. Um, so we'll see how that works out with Kyler Murray. We'll see how that works out with Cliff Kingsbury. But they seem like they're getting a lot older, um, honestly, throughout this process. Um, you know, a couple of teams have been really quiet. Like, for, for surprisingly, the Jets have been pretty quiet for the most part. They did pick up Corey Davis. That's another big the former wide receiver from uh, Tennessee Titans, they did pick him up. But besides that, they've been pretty quiet, and they have a lot of cap space. Jacksonville. Jack oh, yeah, we got to talk about Jacksonville. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has well been pretty active in free agency. They, they've been coming with it in free agency. I'm not going to even lie to you. They definitely are centering everything up for my boy Trevor Lawrence. They definitely are trying to because – I seen them put a pack. I did. I, I want to say, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm gonna correct myself. Now, didn't they try to get Orlando Brown, or did they get Orlando Brown? Because I feel like they were in the process of doing that, or trying to do that, or whatever the case may be. I just want to make sure they also picked up Shaquille Griffin and Marvin Jones um, from the Detroit Lions, and Griffin, you know, from the Seahawks. Um, I just want to make sure. I heard that correctly because I know for a fact that I heard something about them trying to get Orlando Brown at one point. I think they might have proposed the trade, but it may have not taken place. I don't know. I'm about to fact check myself now just to make sure. Um, but I know I was hearing them talking about, you know, possibly trying to do that. So let me just make sure. Okay, so they didn't do it. It was just a rumor. Okay. Because I had heard they were trying to work on a deal that would send – Orlando Brown, because he's been complaining about pay and stuff like that in Baltimore to Jacksonville and get, you know, um, the left tackle for Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that all goes apart. But, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars definitely have been making moves in free agency as well. Um, they also signed Carlos Hyde, too, on a two-year deal. So that was also something else that i seen. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how everything goes on their end. Definitely think free agency has been crazy, but there's definitely a lot more left to go. Um, and look, really, bro, this is really supposed to be like just the first like couple of days of free agency, and this jump been crazy. We still technically kind of on the first wave because you still got dudes like Galladay that's sitting out here. Um, I think they saying it's really between the Giants and the Bears now on him. So we still got a lot of good players still sitting out here unemployed right now. So we'll see how that all works out. When we get back, I want to go ahead and jump into some college basketball. Let's talk Final Four. 
Let's talk about what we expect, who are sleepers, what team is going to be hurting because of COVID. And uh, I want to go ahead and jump into some college basketball when we get back, man. If you haven't already, subscribe to the channel and go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel and also as well this podcast, too. And uh, go ahead and follow us on the social medias at AO underscore T-Time 9 and Talks with T-Time, the podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. When we get back, jumping into some college basketball talk. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, back at it again on another segment of Talks with T-Time, the podcast. If you haven't already, go ahead and follow me at AO underscore T-Time 9 on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the podcast page on Twitter at Talks with T-Time P1. And then follow the podcast page on IG at Talks with T-Time Podcast, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support. And that's that Drake What's Next instrumental right there for y'all coming in on the intro. Uh, man, let's go ahead and jump into college basketball. It's our favorite time of the year, March freaking madness. We didn't get it last year. We're getting it this year, so I'm happy, man. I'm glad to hear it. Um, we've been through a tough year, man. I mean, I'm just glad to be getting freaking college basketball um, during this time. Honestly, that first day, which is technically tomorrow, and Saturday are really my two funnest days of the year when it comes to this college basketball thing. I love watching the tournament. So, let's talk about this whole thing. So, I just want to go over a few things here, just kind of some brief stuff here. Georgia Tech star Moses Wright is out for the first and second round. He was the ACC Player of the Year he tested positive for COVID, I believe, or it might be because of some contractations type stuff. But the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets do play La Loya, uh, Chicago. And a lot of people remember La Loya for that magical run they went on just two seasons ago. So that's going to be interesting to see. He's a 6'9", senior big man. Um, and like I said, he's been having a really good year this year. ACC Player of the Year, obviously. 17.4 points a game, um, 8 rebounds, and also as well 2.3 assists and 1.6 blocks per game. So this guy is really, really an important player of what Georgia Tech wants to do. Um, with me being here in Atlanta, I knew a little bit more about him than probably the most people. But if you are still making your brackets while I am dropping this podcast, I think you can't drop Actually, I'll be dropping this podcast after y'all made y'all brackets change. So, hopefully you ain't take Georgia Tech for winning because without Moses, they ain't winning this game. I'm just telling y'all that now. So, pick LaLoya. Um, also, as well, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other things here. Only eight positive tests have came out so far before the tournament. So, that's a blessing once again. So, out of, um, you know, 9,100 COVID tests, um, only eight positive. So that's that's great. Um, that's that's amazing. And we're glad to hear that it's only eight. Obviously, we want those other individuals to get well. But we are glad to hear that, you know, um, nobody has COVID. Um, not enough people have COVID to affect, you know, the tournament and stuff like that. So all of these games are being played in the Metro Indianapolis area. Um I think one of the games are at the 
Indiana Assembly Hall, which is going to allow 3% capacity with 500 spectators. Also as well, Mackey Arena is going to uh, allow about 1,300 uh, fans into the stand, which is about 9% of uh, capacity. Also as well, Hinkle uh, Fieldhouse will allow about 1,250 fans in, so that's about 14% of the capacity. And then also as well, Bankers uh, Life Fieldhouse will allow about anywhere between 2,500 to 3,800 fans in. So that's around anywhere between 13 to 19% of the capacity. And then for the final four game, they're going to allow about um, anywhere between six, basically anywhere between 7,000 people and 8,500 people into the stadium, which is going to leave up to about 22% of capacity at that point. Um, so we are getting some fans in the stands. Like I said, I know there's, it's in the very early stages of the vaccine, but a lot of people are getting vaccinated now. So hopefully by fall, I'm hoping, when college football come back around, you feel me? I'm hoping we can get places to like 70% capacity. Like that's what I'm at least hoping. Like maybe by fall we can be 70, 80% capacity. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, but it is good to hear this stuff and be able to see that we're kind of getting somewhat of some normalcy back with these vaccines and stuff coming out. So let's go ahead and jump into the brackets. So I'm going to go over some of these first round games, not too much, um, but I'm going to go over some of these first round games and I'm actually going to give y'all my final four on who I think is going to be in the, in the final four and why. Okay, so I want to go over this game. I, Gonzaga, Oklahoma. Um, not Gonzaga, Oklahoma, excuse me. Gonzaga and Norfolk are App State. I'm not going over that game because I think Gonzaga is going to take care of business. I think they're the best team in the whole thing, honestly. But not always the best teams wins, which we'll expose at the end. Um, Oklahoma and Mizzou is going to be a very good game. Oklahoma comes in this game 15 and 10, Mizzou 16 and 9. Now, when it comes to BPI rankings, so BPI rankings, people that are not familiar with college basketball, that's kind of like AP rankings, like how college football does it. Oklahoma comes in ranked 30, and then BPI for Mizzou is 50. Um, now, Mizzou is 4 and 2 against top 25 teams. Now, with that being said, the SEC has gotten better in basketball. You look at Alabama, you look at Auburn, you look at Tennessee, you look at LSU. They have improved in basketball, but I still kind of still lean that the Big 12 is a better basketball conference with Oklahoma State and the success they've had this year. Um, also as well, Kansas is always in the mix as well. Um, so I do think that, and Texas Tech has been good as of late, of like later years here. So I do think they're probably in a better conference. In that game, I'm going to be honest, I took Oklahoma, but that's one of those games that could go either way. Now, Creighton plays USC, uh, UCSB, um, and U UCSB is 22-4 and four coming into this game. Now, the only thing is they haven't played any top 25 opponents, and their BPI ranking is 61 right now. But Creighton is 3-2 and two against top 25 opponents. So I'm trying to get y'all some game here so y'all could be kind of making your brackets or at least knowing what's going on. Now, I think Creighton has showed that they, because like I said, I've been actually keeping up with college basketball the last month or so. I think Creighton has a really good team. I think they have a solid team around them. But I wouldn't sleep on a team like UCSB, especially they only have four losses this year. They played 26 games. Um, a team like them, they come in with a lot of chip on their shoulder. 
Um, they're averaging 76.5 points a game, so they're right up there with Creighton with 70 points a game. And they're only allowing 62.8 points to be scored on them when Creighton is allowing 68.3 points to be allowed on them. So you got to take that in consideration as well while looking at this. Now, this next game, I'm not saying an upset is going to happen, but I could see it happen. Virginia is playing against Ohio. I'm going to tell you why I think an upset could happen. Virginia has not played or practiced in seven days. They get off the plane tomorrow, which is Friday, which when you guys will hear this, they're getting off the plane, they're testing COVID, they're testing COVID again at midnight on Saturday or Friday night, Saturday morning, and then they play the next day. They play the next day at 7.15. So with them not being able to practice at all, basically, this could be a game where you could see Ohio possibly make some shake. I think that's a game you're going to want to look at and make sure, like, hey, I don't know. I'm not saying put the upset on them quite yet, but, hey, I'm just saying look out for it. Oregon and VCU is another game that I got an upset coming. I got VCU winning this game. I'm going to be straight up with y'all. VCU just always been one of them teams that they stand out to me. When they play against good teams, it seems like they always show up. So I picked VCU on that one. Michigan against Texas Southern, I'm picking Michigan in that game. But Michigan does have one of their star players out. So that's something that you definitely want to keep an eye on if you got them advancing or anything like that because Isaiah Livers is out with a foot injury for the year. So I don't have them beaten. I don't have them going no further. I ain't going to discuss that too much. But I don't have them going no further than LSU in the second round. So that's that. Um, some more games I want to look out to. Georgetown against Colorado. I'm going to be honest with y'all. That's another game where I took this as an upset special. I took Georgetown over Colorado. I think Georgetown, I think the dude Steph Greenberg was talking about today, it seemed like Georgetown is playing for Patrick Ewing. And that and a team like that is playing for their coach. It, it, it's hard to stop. And I'm just telling you from playing on football teams when your coach about to get fired or whatever the case may be because y'all ain't winning enough. If you really fool with that coach, you step the heck up. Honestly, you step up. So I think this could be, you know, one of those upset specials as well where a 12 seed knocks off a five. We'll see, though. Colorado can maintain this. Also as well, um, another game, which I think is probably the best game of the first round, is going to be North Carolina versus Wisconsin. North Carolina comes in 18 and 10. Um, and then as an eight seed in Wisconsin, is a nine seed at 17 and 12. Um, now, you know, BPI rankings, actually Wisconsin is higher. They're 19 right now. Um, but they're only averaging 69.6 a game, and North Carolina's averaging 75.7 points a game. I got Wisconsin in this game. I think Wisconsin wins. I think this is a bad spot for North Carolina. They've been inconsistent all year. Um, that That's my concern with them is the consistency. How can they stay consistent? Villanova versus Winthrop. Yep, you're right. I said it. Villanova versus Winthrop. I think, for me, I'm picking an upset, bro. I'm picking an upset. I think Winthrop is a really good team. You know, me being a Charlotte native, I mean, well, be, me and be being, yeah, a Charlotte native, basically, being 20 minutes away from Winthrop, growing up on the south side of Charlotte, I'm picking Winthrop, man. I think they could upset Villanova. They're 23 and, and 1 right now. Um, you know, I, I honestly think, you know, 
this could be big, man. I think it could be big. And also, I think one of Villanova's star players are injured. Gillespie, I think he's out. I think he's out. So, And he's probably their best player on their team. So, once again, I would not be surprised if Winthrop win this game. They're averaging 79.5 points a game right now. They're 17-1 in conference, and they're only allowing 66.8 points a game. I honestly really do think this could be a game where Winthrop pulls off an upset. So, once again, y'all just keep in mind. I don't know if this is too much of an upset, but I got Virginia Tech at the 10 seed beating Florida. I think Virginia Tech is just very uh, – they're just a real – you know what they remind me of? They remind me of, like, two years ago, Florida State team. Like, real physical, real gritty, real pound-for-pound, pound, just aggressive. They kind of remind me of that. They're 4-0 and against top 25 opponents. 4-0, and haven't lost against a top 25 opponent all year. Um, You know, I think that this is a game where it could really – you know, it could be it could be an upset where Virginia Tech wins, and then you got to think about it. Florida lost my guy that passed out. You know, Cavante Johnson. They lost him four games into the season. You know what I'm saying? So, and he was their best player. So I think Virginia Tech could very well pull off this upset and win. Um, I just talked to y'all about Laloya and Georgia Tech, so I'm not gonna go over that again. And um. Yeah, that's really it for the upset specials that I have. Um, as y'all know, yeah, I got Clemson beating Ruggers. Um, So, yeah, that's that. So, yeah. Now, I want to discuss who I got in my Final Four right now. So, right now, in my Final Four, drum roll. Alright. So, in my Final Four, I got Gonzaga coming in. Y'all ain't going to believe who I got next. I got Alabama coming in at, at in, in the number from a number two seed to play Gonzaga. And here's why. Alabama, for one, has the SEC player of the year and defensive player of the year in Herbert Jones. Also, as well, their coach Nate Oates has been amazing this year. And I'm telling you, this team is for real. They beat a really good LSU team. Not once, not one time this year, not two times this year, three times this year. They beat a Tennessee team, not one time this year, but two times this year. They beat Arkansas. Arkansas has a pretty decent team this year, actually. They beat them as well. Like I said, the SEC has definitely improved um, basketball-wise. It, it has improved. I got to give them credit. They have. They've improved. Um... But, yeah, I think Alabama's battle-tested, man. I think they're battle-tested. And I think they get to the Final Four. Do I think they win? No, I don't. I don't think they win. I think Gonzaga wins uh, I think Gonzaga wins that game. Then I have Illinois and Ohio State playing against each other. Now, these two just played against each other. They just played against each other, you know, um, just in the conference championship the other day ago. Now, the thing about this is that you know, in that time, Ohio State is 1-2 versus Illinois. Illinois is a very talented team. Um, I can't think of that boy name. Uh, Dunsumanu or something like that. A.O. Dunsumanu, I think is his name. Dude is a freaking beast, man. I mean, he is a beast. He is a baller. Um, 
And yeah, even that dude, Andre Crubriolo, I think it's his name or something like that. He been balling too. So I think this is going to be a, a good game. And, I, and me personally, I think this year, the, the Big Ten is the best basketball conference right now. I, I mean, they have legit eight really good teams, seven. They have seven legit really good teams. Illinois, Ohio State, Michigan, um, freaking uh, Iowa. Like, they have some good teams this year. Like, I have to give them credit. They, To me, they feel like they're the best conference coming into this thing because they're loaded. They are loaded. Uh, Maryland, which I actually have them upsetting UConn, which I don't know if that would really be an upset. Wisconsin, like I said, they have a lot of good teams in that conference. To me, I feel like when it comes pound for pound, I think that they're, you know what I'm saying, the better team in my opinion. Now, um, basically, that's that's what I think about that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the other part of my whole synopsis here on my Final Four. Then I have, okay, so I have then at that point Gonzaga in Illinois in the championship. Now, Gonzaga has like the highest odds as a one seed, like, dang near ever. Like, one, I think it's like 500 plus right now. Like, plus 500, everybody's picking Gonzaga. Because this Gonzaga team offensively is ridiculous. Like, they're averaging 92 points a game. They're only allowing 69.1 points a game. They're 4-0 and right now in, against top 25 teams. They're 15-0 in the conference, haven't lost. They're number one ranked in the whole country. Um, Gonzaga's really good, man. Um, they're really a good team. And offensively, like I said, they're putting up record-type numbers. Um, you know, that they're a really good team, bro. I have to give them credit. They're 26-0 right now. Um, so we got to give them credit for that. I got Gonzaga winning the championship over Illinois, 80-76. to Whew! That was a lot. But that's who I got winning in my bracket. What y'all got going on in y'all bracket? Y'all let me know what's up. Y'all trying to put some money on these brackets? Listen, man, if you trying to put some money on these brackets, hit the DMs at AO underscore t You feel me? We can put some money on these brackets and get some money, man. Listen, if you haven't already, go ahead and uh, follow the uh, the uh, Instagram page at Talk t the Podcast. Also, as well, my Twitter at AO underscore t You can go ahead and follow the personal one. As well, and that's gonna be on Instagram the same thing. And then you can follow us on Instagram at Talks with T Time the Podcast. So when we get back, I want to jump into some NBA basketball, talk about the standings, talk about the rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. I'm a stand. Lloyd Pierce has gotten fired from the Atlanta Hawks, and them boys have went six and up. We gotta talk about that as well. When we get back, NBA basketball talk. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West. Back at it again with another segment of Talks with T-Time, the podcast, man. Last segment of the night. No, uh, ain't worth enough the episode tonight. We're going to get that back going next week when we get a visitor on. 
And uh, yeah, man, if you haven't already, follow us at Talks Tea Time the Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And then follow me at my Instagram and Twitter page at AO underscore Tea Time 9. Appreciate you guys' love and support. That's that How It Go by King Vaughn. Rest in peace, King Vaughn. Um, let's go ahead and jump into some NBA basketball. We got to talk a little bit of NBA tonight, man. We got to talk about the Celtics and the slump that they're on right now. Is Brad Stevens in the hot seat. We got to talk about how the Atlanta Hawks are now prospering. Fired Lloyd Pierce, and they start winning games. I'm sorry, folks. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, that they fired him, they still have the same injured, hurt people, and they're winning games now. Once again, I do not think that's a coincidence. I don't wish for no black man to lose their job, but it was time, bro. It was time for that man to get fired. And y'all see, I be knowing what I'm talking about. I don't be hating, but y'all have seen. And, and the, the Hawks are up right now 41-28 over the Thunder. So they're looking like they're heading on their seventh straight win without Lloyd Pierce. Just saying. That I've been trying to tell y'all, I was right, y'all were wrong. Lloyd Pierce is not a good head coach. Anyway, so let's go over the standings. So on the eastern side, we'll start over there first. We have the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets both tied at the one spot. Um, both tied at the one spot right now. Um, they are both 28 and 13 at the three spot, just a game and a half out of first place. We have Milwaukee. Um, who is 26 and 14? The Miami Heat are 22 and 19 right now, and they you got to keep your eyes out on them because they have won, I believe, like 12 of the last 14. So they they've getting they've gotten hot. So keep an eye on them. The Charlotte Hornets, with who I believe is the rookie of the year, Lamelo Ball, are 20 and 19 right now, just seven games out of the you know um, the number one spot. Also, as well, the Atlanta Hawks once again have stepped up. They're 20 and 20 right now and looking like they could be on their way to 21 and 20 right now, just seven and a half games out. Boston, who we got to have a real conversation about, is 20 and 20 right now as well. Um, And then also as well, the New York Knicks are 20 and 21 right now at the eighth spot. Right on the outside looking in, you have the Chicago uh, Bulls at 18 and 21. And then the Indians and the Pacers at 17 and 22. Now we're going to take it over to the west side. We have the Utah Jazz. Um, they're kind of coming back to life a little bit. In the last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five. Um, They're 29-10 and 10 right now. Um, in the second spot, the Phoenix Suns are 26-12 and 12 right now. Keep your eyes on them. Only two and a half games out. Also as well, the Los Angeles Lakers are just two and a half games out at 27-13. and 13. The LA Clippers are just right behind them, just two games back. With 26 and 16, the Denver Nuggets are 24 and 16. Also, well, the Portland Trailblazers are 23 and 16, uh, just six games out of the first spot. San Antonio is 21 and 16, and then a team that has gotten hot as of late. I think they've won about seven of their last ten. Um, the Dallas Mavericks, who are 21 and 18 at this moment, right on the outside looking in is the Golden State Warriors at 21 and 20, and the Memphis Grizzlies at 18 and 19, ten spots out. From first place. So, whoo, that was a lot, y'all. Let me go ahead and go over the Boston Celtics a little bit. And let's talk about Brad Stevens because uh, this team is struggling. And this is a very talented team. I mean, this is a very talented team. And they lost to the freaking Cleveland Cavaliers, who were on a four-game skid. 
Um, a lot of people are questioning, is Brad Stevens on the hot seat? I remember two or three years ago, people were saying this guy was the great almighty. He's the wonder boy. Woo, woo, woo. I mean, everybody was just bragging about the guy. But turns out, right now, Cleveland is really struggling. I mean, not Cleveland. Boston is really struggling right now, man. And I don't know if I could throw the dude on the hot seat yet. But right now, with them being, you know, almost working their way out. I mean, they're right there with the New York Knicks. If they work their way out, you know, if that team is too talented to be 20-20, and 20, they need to be up there more with, like, Brooklyn and Philly. You know, they need to be up in that range, Milwaukee, 28-27 wins. That's where they should be at with Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker. They need to be up there towards that end of the spectrum, not all the way down there where they're at. So, I mean, I definitely do think there is cause for, you know, pause for caution there uh, with that team. Now, I'm actually about to check because I don't know what type of injuries they're dealing with. I know Kimba was dealing with some type of knee injury throughout the season and stuff like that. Tristan Thompson's been out because of some COVID stuff, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at their injury list. Ain't nobody on here injured. You know what I'm saying? Tristan Thompson and Romeo Langford, that's it. Everybody else should be good to go. So I don't know what's going on with them. But, yeah, I did want to talk about that real quickly. Uh, I definitely think there is a need to cause and kind of start questioning, okay, what's going on with Brad Stevens? Okay, what is he doing? Why are we not winning? Because I'm just telling you, bro, that team is too talented to not be winning. They are too good. That team is way too good to be not winning games. So, let's move over on to the Atlanta Hawks. So, the Atlanta Hawks, like I just told y'all, are on a six-game. Since they fired their coach, they've won six games straight. And it looks like, like I just told you, it looks like they're on their way to the seventh right now because they're up 49-35 at this moment. The Hawks have caught in some heat here lately. And they're making moves, and they're doing the right thing. And it kind of seems like it's finally starting to come together for the Hawks since Lloyd Pierce has been fired. Without Lloyd Pierce coaching, this team is 8-2. Yep, you heard it right. When Nate McMillan is coaching, this team is 8-2. They've lost two games while Nate McMillan has coached. And I don't see how Lloyd Pierce didn't see the writing on the wall when they hired him. I would have seen it then. Like, oh, yeah, this dude's coming to take my spot. Because Lloyd Pierce has not performed. I hate that he just had a baby girl and he got fired. I hate that. I really do. That's unfortunate. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like I just said, I don't want to see no black man lose. But I'm sorry, dude. It had to happen. He In the, in the industry he's in, it's performance-based, brother. It's performance-based, brother. If you're not winning games, the Hawks were supposed to be taking that next step. I mean, I remember... Beginning of the year, you can probably go back and listen to the podcast. I was saying this team should be a 4-5 seed. They should be a 4-5 seed. And now this just makes me wonder if we would have got rid of Lloyd Pierce at the beginning of the year what we would have been. We could have been a 4-5 seed. And it's still in the mix, really. We're right outside of it. But we could have been really probably like a 3 seed or something like that. So it's just kind of interesting to see that take place as well. Now, one of my new favorite players to talk about is my man LaMelo Ball. Yes, sir. I like LaMelo, man. I'm a huge fan of him. I'm going to be real with you. I like Anthony Edwards. You know, he's a kid out of Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I really like him. He's athletic as heck. 
He reminds me a lot of a young D-Wade and all that stuff. But this kid, LaMelo Ball, is something special. I mean, he is something special. I know a lot of people are talking about what he said about LeBron. Woo, woo, woo. I don't even care about none of that. This kid is special. He is the rookie of the year by far. I don't even think it should be questioned at this point. Since he started, the Hornets have been winning more. They've finally gotten above 500. This kid is special. He's only been starting half the season. He's averaging 15, really almost 16 points a game. He's averaging just about six rebounds a game. He's averaging 6.2 assists a game. And his PER as a rookie, his PER as a rookie is 18.61, which is 50th in the NBA as a rookie. So that means when he's in there, he's very efficient. This kid is the truth. This kid, LaMelo Ball, is the truth. He's not his brother. I'm not trying to diss Lonzo or nothing like that, but he's, he's looking like he's going to be better than his brother because I don't even remember his brother putting up this type of performance his rookie year. This kid, LaMelo, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of LaMelo. Even though I'm a Hawks fan, I'm a fan of LaMelo for sure. I'm a huge fan of LaMelo's. I think this kid has a lot of talent. I think he's going to be good. And I'm telling y'all, the Hornets have a bright future. If they can continue to build through the draft, Gordon Hayward has panned out pretty well for them so far. He's averaging 20 points a game. Terry Rozier, I was just talking about this yesterday. I wouldn't mind my Lakers going out to go get him right now. I wouldn't mind the Hawks coming in to go get him right now. Terry Rozier is playing some of his best basketball he's played in his career right now. I'm very impressed with what Terry Rozier is doing. Um, also, as well, P.J. Washington can be a little bit conflicting. And also, Mal Bridges, as well, can be a little bit conflicting. Because they get really, really hot and really, really cold. Another guy you got to keep their eyes on, too. Cocaine Monk, man. Cocaine Monk. Malik Monk. Malik Cocaine Circus Monk ain't going to play with you. He been dropping buckets on them folks. I'm telling you. I ain't trying to be funny and, you know, play his, you know, you know his issue or nothing like that that he had in the past. You know, but that dude is balling right now and he can get hot any moment. So... We definitely got to get that some credit as well. Listen, the Hornets and MJ is cooking something real special. They just got to keep cooking and keep building through that draft. Maybe get a big man this year in the draft. You got enough good guards. You need a, a big man now. The Hornets get a solid big man. I'm, a, I'm here to tell you, man. They, <laughs> I'm going to be real. They might be an issue, bro. I'm going to be real with you. And this is coming from a former Hornets fan. They might be an issue. I might have to eat crow, bro, if they get a center. I like James Brego. I don't think he's the coach to take them to the next level, but he's definitely the coach to get this young team kind of together. So that's my opinion on it. Look, man, no uh, ain't worth nothing award tonight. We're going to get back to it next week. Today was just kind of a, a run through of what we've missed over the past couple weeks, man. I missed y'all. I'm glad to be back on the podcast, man. We're going to be back probably next week. Yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll be back next week. Next Thursday, we'll be recording. And Friday, we'll be dropping. So next week, I'm going to give you all some more content, if you haven't already. 
follow me at AO underscore T time nine. Also as well, that's gonna be on Twitter and also as well on Instagram. And then follow the podcast page on Instagram at Talks with T Time Podcast. And then follow me on um, Twitter at Talks with T Time P1. Also, as well, like I said, y'all into YouTube, go check out my YouTube channel, man. I'm doing some vlogging over there as well. Um, so, yeah, y'all go check it out, man. Appreciate you guys' love and support. Love y'all. And guess what? We'll be back next week.